Welcome to the one within all to another episode of Interverse. I'm your host, Chance, and today I am ready to get into the weird and slippery reality we currently find ourselves within. As she said in our recent interview with Emily Moyer, in some realities, the coffee tastes different. And today's chat with first time guest Brian Stavely, we're going to be seeing just how different that coffee might be. Brian has been blowing minds with his encyclopedic knowledge of the Mandela effect for many years now, documenting the divergences in our collective consensus existence and opening eyes around the world to just how much further the phenomenon goes than most realize. He's also a diligent debunker of the globe model heliocentric hex from the hacks of NASA and generally a black belt of all things conspiratorial from cooties to 9-11. You can find this Champion Truther's extensive work on Rock, uh, Rockfin, YouTube, and Patreon at Dose of Reality. That'll all be linked in the show notes, of course. I first became aware of Brian whenever we both attended 2021's Flattoberfest in South Carolina. That was amazing. Met so many incredible minds and learned a lot. After that, I also was reminded about Brian's awesome presentations and work whenever he went on Alpha Vedic with our buddy Mike Winner. So, since that happened, I've been raring to go to get Brian on the show, really flip my couch around on the idea of Mandela Effect, which is still a very murky subject with so much that uh, needs to be looked at. At the very least, it is worth examining because there is clearly something going on. What? How? Why? These are all up for speculation, and you know I love wild, high-octane speculation, so... You guys, check the show notes to be uh, linked up to Brian's work. Follow him on YouTube and Rockfin. Definitely support this awesome dude. And we will get into this conversation with Brian Stavely, the doser of reality himself. What's up, Brian? Welcome to the Interverse. Thanks for being here. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited because this topic is uh, starting to catch a little bit of steam again. I'd actually say a lot of steam. It's like a locomotive going downhill right now. I mean, people are really starting to finally pay attention. And I think that's very good. Very good. Yeah. Well, before we hit that up, I'm kind of curious just, you know, for you to give me the rundown of where you came from and how you got here, because I'm sure there's some interesting stuff there that might connect later in our talk. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, I was a complete normie for most of my life. You know, uh, I'm not going to say I believed everything that was presented to me, but I believe the lies of, you know, all the stuff we talk about now from out of space to, you know, terror events and all that type of stuff. Um, In about 2005, I did go to uh, broadcasting school uh, for a little bit, Connecticut School of Broadcasting, because I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I ended up doing some production work for uh, Red Sox games, but that was very short lived. And then I kind of just went back to, you know, the everyday normal, whatever routine. But in 2010, I stumbled across a movie called World Trade Center on uh, Netflix. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that uh, later on. Um, but that kind of made me go all the way into the 9-11 uh, rabbit holes. And uh, I went really deep into it and get into some stuff that most of the truth movement doesn't even want to go down that road. Um, But I spent four years in that about four or five years, really deep in nine 11, but just a couple months after starting that process of awakening, as some of us call it, uh, I decided I need to get my voice out there. This was 2010. And um, I built on my, I built a website, nothing spectacular. Now when you look at it, it's like 
drag and drop website through Weebly, but it was a functional website that I built up with, um, you know, I was able to host, not only host podcasts on there, but do it live, broadcast live, have a live chat. And I was broadcasting about 9-11, I mean, all the time. And then I started doing kind of what we're doing now, interviewing all sorts of people. And uh, I didn't do the YouTube thing. I didn't do the video thing. I kind of saw the direction YouTube was going early on, like, you know, 2012, once the thing in Connecticut happened, uh, they really started to start to clamp down on what you could put on uh, YouTube and whatnot. So I stayed away from it. And uh, 2014 started the Flat Earth Awakening for me. Late 2014, 2015 started to get into the Mandela effect. And what had happened is uh, by 20, I was taking a little break from doing shows from like 2014 to 2017. Come 2017, I saw a lot of people falling for a lot of disinfo to do with that day in September. So I decided to put my voice back out there. I did some recorded podcasts and uploaded them to YouTube. They were able to stay a little for a little bit. Um, and then in 2018, I started doing Mandela Effect content. And the reason I started doing Mandela Effect content in 2018, and of course, I would talk about Flat Earth and all these other topics that so many of us look into. I'm, I'm never a one-topic guy. But I started to focus on Mandela Effect because I felt even though by 2018, it was definitely an explosion of it on YouTube that had started in like 2016, there weren't too many people that were taking it very serious. It was kind of like what you see on TikTok now with Mandela Effect videos. It's just like, oh, it's just this little fun thing. It's just this little game or it's just these little products that have a change name. And it goes so, so much deeper than that. And I was well aware of that. I mean, I think that this is the most profound thing maybe that humanity's ever seen. Supernatural shifts in this reality. And in my opinion, they're affecting everybody. So I decided to do videos on YouTube. I had done a couple roundtables in the summer of 2018 on somebody else's channel. And then I was just like, I got to do this myself. And then I, uh, that, that's basically what's brought me up to here now. And of course, I addressed the current PSYOP and everything as, and these other topics as well. But Mandela Effect's really been my focus for the last few years. Beautiful, man. You've got some deep roots in all this stuff. And you're talking about starting your channel in 2010. I was still in college. I think what first started to wake me up to world conspiracy. I mean, in like 2007, I, I was showing the Zeitgeist movie when I was a senior in high school. And so I was like, okay, 9-11 is some kind of a conspiracy. Great. But at that point, my next move was like, put my fingers in my ears and go, la, 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 la. I'm just going to play video games and chill. Leave me alone. I don't want to know about this stuff. <laughs> but I was really into video games too. I was really into video games before I woke up. Like I was, I was spent a lot of wasted time on that. Yeah, man. They definitely know how to appeal to the young male mind and that whole desire to be a hero and all that. So in 2012, for me, I, in college, I did a capstone project for my English degree where you get to make uh, some kind of research video. And for whatever reason, I was led into talking about, I think it was because the Occupy movement was going on. And I was like, well, what are these people even mad about? And then I found out what the Fed was and I found out about fiat currency and fractional reserve banking. And I'm thinking to myself, how does nobody I know talk about this or even know that this is how our money system works? <laughs> and that was just like scratching at the surface of how deep this goes underground yeah. in terms of how interconnected these different elements are monetary system. And I actually want to weave this at some point later in the conversation, but I think there might be a connection to alchemics or the alchemy of economics and Mandela effect 
that is going unnoticed and overlooked. But we'll get to that. First, I think what would be awesome would be to just like from the top in case there's anybody out there or maybe because you've got a really good way of defining it as someone that looks into it so closely. How do you describe the Mandela effect to somebody like, you know, that is totally unaware that such a thing exists? If anybody's unaware at this point, it's kind of reached a critical mass lately in terms of awareness. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll tell you how I would explain it. First, I'll start with, I'll explain what it isn't because that's, what's always presented. So what it isn't uh, is what people will, what people want you to think is it's companies and logos and brands change names. Things are reissued. Uh, You know, there's different versions of DVDs. Of course, there's many translations of the Bible. There's different map projections and all this. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, The Mandela effect is when something in this physical reality has supernaturally changed, for lack of a better word. It's it's shifted. So it's not like it's been re-released. Like a perfect example, I'll start off with something really easy. And again, when you when you see Mandela effect articles, it looks like they're addressing the Mandela effect all the time. But what they're doing is they're gatekeeping it by successfully minimalizing it and making you think it's just about TV shows and products and lines from movies. And we're going to get deeper as we progress through the conversation. But what it is, is like, for instance, one that everybody knows is Mr. Rogers neighborhood. OK, uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. He used to come through the door every day and sing, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Now, me and so many millions around the people around the world remember that song. We heard it hundreds, if not thousands of times. Now, if you were to take a copy of Mr. Rogers, even if you own the copy, I'm not asking you to rent it or go online where it could be manipulated after the fact. If you had a VHS of it, which many people have old VHSs of many things. So it's not like we're asking for obscure things that would never exist. If you had a DVD set that you've had for years, whatever it is, and you put it in, he's going to come through the door. And even though we all know he said it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, he's going to come through the door and say this neighborhood. So everything, when something changes from the Mandela effect, it changes retroactively all the way back in the past. Like, for instance, the Berenstein is one that people hear all the time. Berenstein bears, it's like the first thing you hear of. It was the first thing I heard of. Now, in this reality, it's always been the Berenstain Bears. So what that means is if you go back and you went in your attic in your basement and you pulled out the box of Berenstain Bears books and you know that's what they were, it's going to say Berenstain on the physical matter that you possess within your house. That's what the Mandela effect is. But it affects much more than that. It affects anatomy. It affects geography and huge historical events, which is what I like to cover a lot. That's what really made me realize it was something much more than the Berenstein biz. Uh, it's when I realized that South America had moved about 1500 miles. So that's what the Mandela effect is. And what it's not is false memory. So when it's presented in these articles and stuff, they always leave it out there. Like a bunch of people remember it this way, but that's not what it is. It's this. But in reality, we have physical evidence that they never talk about physical evidence. Like for instance, we just talked about Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. If you were to go online and look for parodies of people singing Mr. Rogers or different sitcoms where the song was done, all these different things, there's mounds and mounds of evidence of so many people always singing it. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood because that's what it was. Yet the official version of a Mandela effect is what changes. But the human things that are done, the parodies, the spoofs, people do drawings of things. 
those usually remain the way that they are, but the official version will change. So one thing I'll say to wrap up that, it's a long-winded answer here, but one thing I will say for the people that still think it's companies and logos and brands just changing names, then go ahead and debunk the Mandela effects that you think that is because that's easy to look up. Like if I tell you that uh, Stofus Stovetop Stuffing never existed, which it hasn't in this reality, it's always been craft. If that's a BS Mandela effect and it's just a matter of Stouffer's selling their product to Kraft and then Kraft changing the labels, you could look that up, come back and say, hey, this isn't a Mandela effect. Look, this is just a business transaction. But the people that say this isn't real, they never do that. I'm not saying there's not bad Mandela effect videos out there. There's bad videos for every topic. I can only speak of mine and the people closest to me. We're not going to take something that's a company change and call it a reality shift. Very good explanation. Yeah. And how I feel about it is that there's such a mountain of these that it seems like it's worth uh, exploring into the why, why we're having either false memories about some things or some things are actually changing. Like I remember Mr. Rogers saying it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood doesn't feel right. You know, even though that's such a slight shift. And you know who else remembers? Sony Pictures. So we told people about this Mandela effect with Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And for a couple of years went by where nothing, where they were, they were uh, going to do a movie, right? Uh, the movie with Tom Hanks. It didn't have a title right away. It had a tentative title of like, won't you be my neighbor or something? And they were waiting to title the movie. And then in 2019 or so, CNN announces that the Sony pitches Mr. Rogers movie has a title and it's titled. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood named after the theme song. And underneath it is a clip of the old show. He comes through the door and says, this neighborhood. I mean, that's some serious evidence. I mean, even the people that made the movie have the same memory as us. Every spoof that's ever been done. Look on Saturday Night Live with uh, like uh, Eddie Murphy, Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Um, there was times Johnny Carson did it. All these people have done impersonations of Mr. Rogers. It's always the neighborhood. And the other thing, too, is Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, which is on PBS, owned by the same company. They use that same theme song. They use a remix version of it, but it says the neighborhood as well. Yeah, that's definitely what you call residue, right? Where there's other artifacts that aren't the exact thing itself that has changed and they have the old version of whatever it is. And so that's yeah. the uh, lingo for that is residue, right? Residue, physical. It's basically, it's called residue. It's physical evidence that matches our memory. So it's not just our memory and it's not just a few people. Here's the thing. I'll make this statement right now and I don't think anybody will ever be able to prove me wrong. The Mandela effect, first off, we'll talk about the name and how crappy of a term it is, but the Mandela effect affects everybody, zero exceptions. So there isn't even like people that, you know, they'll tell you that, that it's not real and they're not affected, but there isn't even anybody that isn't affected. I could walk up to anybody and as long as they'll have a conversation with me, I could prove that they're affected by like a hundred of them. No problem. Easy, easy, dude. I mean, after people listen to the show today and they hear the amount that we'll talk about, They'll understand that, well, he, you know, that sounded like a bold statement at first, but yeah, I'm affected by this one, by this one, by this one, over and over. I mean, some of the ones, I mean, I, I, got, I, I interview preachers live on the street that are out there preaching the Bible, and I'll ask them verses, you know, and I'll leave the blanks where they need to be, and they fill in the blanks. 
they always feel the old way, the way the crazy Mandela effect people remember. Every time I have a 100% success rate with these people. Everybody's affected. Because in my opinion, it's the reality that's in flux and we're all in it. One reality. We could talk more theories later, but I don't believe we're in alternate timelines, multiple realities, multiverse. And that... Cool, man. That's how I feel, too. Okay, I can't wait to get to that part, but we definitely got to flesh out a lot more actual Mandela effects before we start getting into the where, why, how, the physics, and what is reality. But that's, I'm really excited for that part of the chat. Yeah, dude, absolutely. But, um, so it it basically, a good way to start, I think, is to tell people, sure, it, it affects the movies and the music and the books and the actors' names changing and all these things, but it affects so much more. So I like to go right at the big stuff, right? Right at the big stuff. So we can start with uh, a a huge historical one for me. We'll start with my number one Mandela effect. Okay. And we will, we will run the gamut a little bit and go over some of the real popular ones that everybody should know is one way or another and movie quotes and all that. But you can get all that on these top 40 lists online. Cause for the most part, they put out real Mandela effects, but they just leave you in that. It's just kind of like a media thing type of mindset. So you think it's like a Hollywood psyop. Now, my journey started with 9-11. We just talked about that. And we're not going to get into 9-11 right now, but just to preface this conversation, I spent about five years really deep into 9-11, as deep as I'm into the Mandela effect now. And there's one thing that we always, there were many things we always heard, because they always say things over and over. Uh, but there's one thing that we heard a real lot, and we also heard this a real lot in school growing up and everywhere else, that Pearl Harbor was the first major foreign attack on U.S. soil. And then 9-11 was the second. That's what I always learned. Now, in this reality, and this is an event that I'm going to talk about that every single person I talk to, nobody's ever heard of it ever. And this just keeps happening with these huge historical events. Isn't it weird that Brian, the Mandela effect guy, keeps informing you of all these attacks on U.S. soil? Now Germany has been basically whipping our butt for 100 years on the U.S. East Coast. So. In this reality now, in 1916, there's an event called Black Tom, where two German spies snuck in through New Jersey, blew off a million pounds of TNT, injured 120, killed five, blew out all the windows in Lower Manhattan. A million pounds? A million pounds. Now, they didn't carry it. They blew up. They blew up a munitions depot with a million pounds of TNT in it. A million. And that story keeps changing. It was 100,000, they said before. Now they're saying a million, a million pounds of TNT, right? But here's, here's the crazy part. Now, it was felt in Philadelphia. All this is nuts. This happened in New York. We've never heard this mentioned. Why? It, not only that, though, it damaged the Statue of Liberty so bad. This is very important that nobody's ever been to the torch of the Statue of Liberty since 1916. Now, I've spoken to people that have been to the torch. This is not like a very rare thing. There's a lot of people in the world that have been to the torch. None of them now can produce a photograph of them in the torch because photographic evidence does not remain. Whatever way photographic evidence works with this reality, whether people think it's God's reality, a simulation, you know, we'll get into theories later, whatever you think it is, the, the interaction between the digital photography and the Mandela effect it goes hand in hand. So if you have a photograph of something, your photograph will change if that's a Mandela affected object. If you were standing in front of something that's no longer there, that will be gone from your imagery. 
So now anybody that's been to the torch in this reality, it, it, they, they're just going to be told that they're crazy because the torch has been closed. Nobody's ever been to the torch. That's wild. And the fact that New York was bombed with a million pounds of TNT and this was never mentioned to us ever, ever, ever. Nobody knows about this. That's my biggest Mandela effect. And then when you tie it into the Statue of Liberty, there's so many other changes around it. The Statue of Liberty is no longer on Ellis Island. It's on a different island called Liberty Island. If you look at the 9-11 imagery now from across the water, the Statue of Liberty is so far over from where it was. It's completely mind-boggling to me. It's sitting on top of a star fort now. It's got chains around its leg. The book now has these diagonal cuts in it. And we're watching all this like happen not all at once, like incrementally in front of us. It's wild stuff. So then the German stuff, though, it keeps going. I'll, I'll get into one more, and then we'll get to some more popular stuff. But as crazy as that is, and everybody's going to be like, wow, I've never heard of that. There was another attack where we lost 5,000 people, dude. Think about that. 5,000 Americans. That's more than 9-11. Double. Yeah, basically double. I first of all, I just have to real quick respond to the whole Black Tom attack thing because that is absolutely insane. First of all, that it's now a yeah. million pounds of explosive of TNT damaging the Statue of Liberty though is so symbolic because that is SOL. It is the Soul Invictus and the torch representing like the light of the Creator or you know of the gods of the divine of consciousness that that is no longer accessible. To me, it's not just about the actual physical difference in the reality. And I feel like I know people that I feel like I've seen on TV, you know, or something, somebody going up onto the torch or people talking about it. Maybe that's just totally made up in my mind, but that seems like completely unreasonable to me that nobody's been up to the torch since 1916. And on the symbolic level that that is now inaccessible, I feel like is very relevant on a synchromistic archetypal playing field. Yeah, absolutely. And most of this stuff does have a deeper meaning. And I'm glad you backed me up a little bit because also I, I forgot to mention, there's another Mandela effect involved with the torch. So now nobody's ever been to the torch since 1916. Nobody will be able to produce a photograph from inside that torch. Um, but besides that, the torch is the color of it. See the torch in my reality was like a, the same tarnished green color that the rest of the statue was. That's how it was for me growing up. And a couple of years ago, they replaced it. And now it's this, uh, it, well, a couple of years ago, we started noticing. Now it's a 24-carat gold flame at the top of the torch. But in this reality now, that 24-carat gold flame on the top of the torch has been there since 1986 when they did the other renovations, which I remember the other renovations in 86 but they didn't swap out the torch for a 24 karat gold one then. So now for the last, what is it? 30 years or so it's, it's been 24 karat gold the whole time. And that doesn't sit well with me either. So that might have some other, other uh, form of deeper meaning right there as well. Yeah. I remember bringing this up whenever we did our marvelous demystifiers monthly show about Spider-Man no way home, which to me is just full of multiverse Mandela effect type encoding and there's like a final battle in that movie where they actually wage battle against the multiversal villains at the statue of Liberty. And 
Statue of Liberty gets uh, damaged in this to me, reminding me of the Black Tom event, but also the fact that it's being changed. <laughs> They're like switching out the book for Captain America shield. Uh, there's so much about that scene that is reminiscent of the fact that Black Tom happened and it was uh, mind blowing just to bring that up to everyone because I'd only just learned about it from you on Alpha Vedic and yeah, nobody in the chat had ever heard of that. They're like, what is this? So that's such a big one. I'm glad to start there because as soon as we hit him with that, <laughs> it kind of makes the other stuff more of a head scratcher because clearly something is changing how and why we will get into. Yeah, and and there's a huge German connection here too, which is very. This is all very important. It's why I'm going right at this stuff right at the top. You can go on any Mandela Effect uh, channel and find out about the Monopoly Man and all that, and that's great stuff. And we'll we'll get to that because I do want to, like I said, well, I do want to run down a whole bunch of them. people can see how many amounts of massive changes there are. But there's this huge German connection. People think this is like this American thing. Absolutely not. This is happening worldwide. And there's a huge German influence for whatever reason. Tons of changes that have to do with Germany. Some of them are on the product level and stuff like that, name level. So we'll get to those after. But there's all these attacks on U.S. soil now. There's also a Mandela effect to do with the American flag. The American flag has been Mandela affected. It used to have the red stripe underneath the blue star box. Now it's always been the white stripe in this reality. And what does that make you think? Is that like surrender to surrender to Germany? I don't know. But I'll tell you, everywhere I go, it's red stripe under the blue, physical residue everywhere, every beach shop I go into. I mean, I've got physical residue in my house. It goes on and on. But let's get to the next one because there's Black Tom, which is like right there. That should make you realize, wow, you know, at least this Mandela effect – you know, there's got to be something to it, or at least like, this is crazy. I've never heard of this. Let's hear another one. Right. So I'll give you another one. 5,000 Americans dead right here off the coast of North Carolina in something called Torpedo Alley, where now eight German U-boats, they came over here and sunk 500 of our merchant marine ships, 500 of them, 500 ships sunk. And the crazy part about it too is there's now video of this happening that goes retroactively back in the past of people sitting on their rooftops, watching boats explode out in the ocean. I've shown this on my channel. Not only that for the people that say, well, Brian, you know, this is like, you know, you say all of these events are fake and stuff. This could just be a Wikipedia entry now and blah, 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 blah. I showed footage of the scuba divers going down to the wreckage off the coast, a few hundred feet out off the coast of North Carolina. And there are ship shipwrecks down there from it. And then this stuff always ties in. So one of the first Mandela effects that you hear about is, is Shazam and Sinbad, right? Everybody's heard about Sinbad and the Shazam movie. And Sinbad's an interesting character. We'll talk about him after because he certainly seems to be controlled opposition with all his crazy interviews that he does, really wild stuff that he says about the Mandela effect. But that's a name that they you associate with the Mandela effect right away, right? Right away. People think Shazam, Sinbad, Mandela effect. Shazam, Sinbad, Mandela effect. That attack with the German U-boats that sunk 500 of our ships, however the story unfolded, we came out like, you know, getting out of there and not losing. And the hero, the hero that saved the day was a dog that looked like Triumph the Insult comic dog from Conan O'Brien. And they brought this dog around to these like bars. It's like promo videos of this dog at the bar with people. Literally, he's a war hero. They gave him a medal around his neck. The dog's name is Sinbad. Okay. And then on top of that, see, a lot of uh, my opinion, one of the things they want you to do 
is they want you to give them credit for the supernatural. So if you do realize this is real and not bad memory, they want to lead you in the direction of CERN and D-Wave and their machines. And I'll save a lot of the theories for later, but that's where they want to lead you, in my opinion. I tried to make a connection between Sinbad and Germany because there's all this German stuff going on. First thing I find, there's a particle accelerator in Hamburg, Germany, and they named it Sinbad. Just so you make these correlations in your head. And on top of that, when you look at the acronym for what it stands for, like systems, innovative, like whatever it stands for, the acronym actually says Cybad, but they use two letters from the second word innovative to make sure that they name their particle accelerator Sinbad to lead you down these directions. And also just like sin bad, you know, I mean, what have they been throwing at the collective consciousness for ever? through the Vatican and through other religions, like, but specifically all this guilt, shame programming that is part and parcel and integral to the whole messiops thing of external saviors and boogeymen that are all powerful and what have you. Like this has always been a part of the equation is you sin, you're bad. So to me, like it's important on many levels of that particular uh, name or phrase, but that is mind-blowing i remember you talking about that and i tend to agree and we'll probably expand on this but after we get through more mandela effects but i tend to agree that generally the move is to convince people that the powers that should not be have all kinds of uh, capabilities and basically like magic that they don't have but maybe they don't have it at all Maybe, maybe right. part of the uh, the goal is the Mandela effect themselves into having more power by influencing everybody's uh, beliefs. Well, yeah. Well, if we have any power of manifestation, like a lot of us believe we might, they might, they're trying to manipulate people into manifesting things for them as well. So that can go right down that road that you're saying. So the thing with the stuff I just said, um, that should really shock people. But there's one thing people will say. Well, maybe we just didn't know about this. So let's get off of the stuff that maybe you just didn't know about, even though it would be ridiculous to not know about those two things. Let's talk about stuff that we know was one way and changed, because that's what I usually like to focus on the most, other than these couple of huge, huge uh, historical things. And I'd like to start with the geography of the world, okay? The geography of the world, and I'm not going to do a bunch of them. We're going to talk about mainly three different things. World geography. Now, before we get into this, let me start by saying what I understand. I understand that maps are made for political reasons. I understand that there's different map projections. I understand that satellite imagery is faked. I understand that NASA is fake. I understand that you know all these types of things that you guys uh, might want to bring up. But what I'm talking about is the actual land masses of the Earth moving out of place and that actually being represented in physical maps and globes or whatever you might have in your house. So if I'm going to ask a question for the people that watch this later, if I was to ask everybody watching this, where you would say South America is located in relation to North America, what would you say? Now, this is like the one that woke me up to this Mandela effect. It was Berenstein Bears first, but then a couple months later I saw this and I was like, oh, whoa. Okay, so if you guys said in your head, well, South America, it's underneath North America, to the south of North America, you would all be wrong. South America is now about 1,500 miles over to the east, to the right, which means now the left side of South America, 
barely lines up with the right side of North America. It's moved over about three time zones. What has also happened because of this is the tip of Central America, where it would come down to the top of South America, was on Venezuela. South America is so far over now, the tip of Central America hits the west side. It hits the west side on Colombia, which now means the Panama Canal is north and south. The Panama Canal used to be east and west. It's now north and south. And on top of that, take a look at Cuba, where you got it up on the map. Cuba used to be a small island to the southeast of Florida. Look at that large landmass below Florida that's drifting west and almost connected to Mexico. That's not the Cuba I remember. So the first instinct of people right now would be to say, well, they reissued the maps and this is what they did and blah, 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 blah. And I understand why you would believe that. But here's the thing. If you resonate with what I said, that South America should be more over to the left, underneath North America, and the Panama Canal is east and west, and Cuba was a small island. If that resonates with you people, I want you to go look in your house and look in any map that you have, an encyclopedia, a globe in the basement, whatever you got, take a look at it, and you will see that those land masses are not in the locations that you remember. They'll be in the new positions, which you just showed up on your screen there. Yeah, I don't even know how to respond to that. I, I again, that was part of the presentation you did with Alpha Vedic that made me go, okay, okay, I really got to look at this more closely because I had been convinced, like many others, that uh, this is actually something I used to say. I used to say, oh, Mandela effect. Well, that only seems to apply to things that were fictional or artificial in the first place. But yeah, when you start talking anatomy and geography. Okay, I have to take another look because, I mean, I've never gone out and tried to do cartography to see where South America really was at any point in my life. But I do remember the way that you are talking and who hasn't seen, you know, who grew up in public schools and didn't see a map and a globe and all of that ad infinitum over and over again, probably every day, you know, on the wall of your your class. Right, ne right, next to the, right next to that American flag with the red stripe under the blue is where that map was. But none, none of those exist now. So it's wild, dude. And the geography is like, that's all I'm going to touch right now. Small sample, a couple big ones, but there's so many more. And I'm not a geography expert, so I'm not going to tell you, hey, these islands over here move this much. But there are people covering all sorts of geography all over the world and definitely in local geography. I have a personal Mandela effect, which you didn't hear me talk about on that other show, I think, which we'll get into later. Um, but yeah, dude, geography, uh, air and, the whole aviation industry's changed. If you look at a commercial airliner right now, the, the jet engines on a commercial airliner, like a 757767777, the jet engines are now all the way out front, like hanging off the front of the engines. It looks completely structurally unsound. But if you go back 30, 40 years, they've always been that way. With one exception of a one Boeing 737 model, I believe it is. They've always been that way. So if you remember taking a passenger plane and the engines were underneath the wings, right? It's never been that in this reality. And if you had a picture in front of one on the tarmac, your photograph will be changed and the engines will be all the way up in the front. So it, dude, this affects everything. I mean, and, and I can, we'll go through. We're yeah, still I just go Google Jetliner and that is not how I remember them looking. <laughs> Wow, that's a good one. Now think of the implications of this. 
So this well, isn't the just thing a about jets too. Is there's like the other conspiracy, if you will, about it is how they don't even use the fuel that they're purported to use, and that yeah. the whole system of a jet engine is working more on like Schauberger's style of vortex technology. And that once you get it spinning, it doesn't even need the fuel. The fuel is just to kind of get it ignited, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of uh, weird stuff about jetliners and and planes. Yeah. And think about if the the engines are in a different spot, right? Like mechanically, that plane is going to be a lot different. Different components are going to work different. Uh, Even the mechanics are going to have to be almost trained different. It's like, so, but the plane's not falling out of the sky, right? So it's like the mechanics, the pilots. uh, And when we talk about anatomy changes later, the doctors aren't killing people because organs have moved. It's like they take a consciousness update that goes with this reality to keep it going. It's it's wild when you think about it, but everything's working. Like uh, not a whole bunch of bad stuff has happened from the changes. A lot of the changes really like to movie lines and stuff and make them sound stupid. And uh, some of the music lyrics are crazy like you talked about messages earlier i mean look at some of the songs that have changed i don't think people really realize like it's not about misheard lyrics like we know that there's misheard lyrics but jewel's song who will save your soul always said who will save your soul now she sings who will save your souls plural throughout almost the entire song okay which is crazy uh the mama and the papa is california dreaming they used to say i get down on my knees and i began to pray now they say i get down on my knees and i pretend to pray you know, the Isaiah eleven six in the Bible, the lion will lay with the lamb is now the wolf will dwell with the lamb. I mean, these are some pretty strong messages, I would think. And this, there's a lot of this that goes on. But a lot of people say, oh, it's just a change letter, just a misheard lyric. No, it's your anatomy. It's the entire aviation industry, all the land masses of the earth. You know, uh, everybody knows Ed McMahon worked for Publishers Clearing House. This is a top three Mandela effect. Everybody knows Ed McMahon worked for Publishers Clearinghouse. He went to people's doors with a giant check and balloons. That's never happened in this reality now. Now they tell you, you're misremembering, and he just worked for a different company, American Family Publishers. Yet for American Family Publishers, before you're ready to accept that as the new reality and say, maybe I just got the companies mixed up and they're right. American Family Publishers never sent Ed McMahon to anybody's door with a giant check either. That's never happened. So where did you get all get that memory from? Uh, JFK assassination used to be four people in the car. And when I say used to be, I mean, for me, but, and I mean, for me and so many others and like 99% of the people I pulled, uh, four people in the car when he was assassinated. Now there's six people and there's this weird divider in the middle. On top of that, when I started looking into conspiracies and stuff, the Zapruda film was originally in black and white and colorized later. In this reality now, Zapruda shot it with a color Panasonic 1961 8 millimeter hand cam. On top of that, this event keeps changing. If you ask anybody how many videos they've seen of the JFK assassination, I'll tell you one. I got like 13 of them. All different angles. People run around with color hand cams now because the whole technology has gone back in time. Technology is like being reintroduced into this reality decades early in many instances. It's really strange. It's really hard to explain, but it's happening. Some real quick ones to give people while we're getting into a little bit of a groove here. Yeah, well, I want to just make a quick point on that, that the whole concept of antiquitech and what is being uncovered looking at ancient civilizations and, uh, you know, 
the pre-reset peoples, that seems to be practically like a Mandela effect too. And maybe the answer here isn't so much that the past is changing, more that the past is only exists as a function of the present. And so present and or past, present and future all emerge from this moment of now, something like that, because it seems that we're finding out so much that should have been right in front of our eyes, right under our nose when it comes to like how, how uh, free energy technology works and ether technology in the pre-reset civilization. The way you can draw a line sometimes between was this like some old technology that was hidden from us, like, you know, and we're just rediscovering now, or is this like a Mandela effect where this is a new reality of our timeline that wasn't here before? The one distinction you can make on some of it, because some of that does get murky. It's hard to tell. Like, what, what am I looking at here? Like, uh, did people always have these electric scooters in the 1800s in this reality? Or is that like some technology that people are now pulling back up? But st- there's some of the stuff that I'm talking about is stuff that in this reality now, the technology, it was recognized on a mass level already. And there were commercials for it and everything in this reality. You know what I'm saying? Like now there's a wireless, there was a wireless a remote this big wireless remote TV remote in 1955 by Magnavox. We didn't have that in my house till the early eighties, 1955. And it's, and there's a commercial for it. So it's not like it was just this hidden technology that maybe we dug up. It's like now it's accepted reality that there was color TV in 1935. What? No. In this reality, the Germans, again, they were doing basically Skype calls from the post office in like the 1920s video conferencing calls. There's video calls in cars now in the 1950s video. That was, it's, it's insane. The, neither of those I was aware of at all. Yeah. That is uh, so pretty big to chew on. And again, it's German and the German stuff just keeps going and going. So like uh, Haas avocados, let's talk about a couple brand things. Well, you ask me another quick question though, before we get into the avocado thing, I want to say like, is it possible that things were always that way and we're just getting, we were just suppressed in terms of what we were allowed to know about from about Germany or I don't know, as I even asked that question, that sounds stupid. How could you hide the fact that there were color TVs in the 1930s? for decades and then all of a sudden now we know about it it's so weird yeah and there were commercials for it like it was mass produced like there was commercials for it it wasn't it wasn't hidden at all that's what i'm saying you know it's wild so like with the german stuff i said a lot of german names have changed uh so Haas avocados h-a-a-s is now Haas avocados h-a-s-s now when we're going to talk about residue and german things h-a-s-s in german so his name was Rudolf Haas. Now it's Rudolf Haas, and Haas in German means hate. So there's all these little weird connections. And then you want to talk about residue. Check this out. You could do this today. Yeah, I've done this. I've sent people to these stores, and I've gone to some of them myself. You can go to Kroger's, or you can go to Walmart right now, and their POS system, their computer system that will ring you up for the H-A-S-S avocados, the Haas, their computer system hasn't updated yet. It still says Haas in there. You can still get a printed receipt from them. I still have a bag right here. Look at this. I have a bag of unchanged original residue. Look at this. 
H A A S. This shouldn't even exist. This bag. It's never been H A A S in this reality, according to the people that say the Mandela effect isn't real. Another German name that's changed. The author of the Peanuts books. You remember the Peanuts? Charlie Brown. Charles Schultz doesn't exist. His name is now Charles M. Schultz with no T in it. Oh, give me a break. He's always been Charles Schultz. I knew I know that for sure. I read a lot of Peanuts books. Okay, so another one, just so I can give one out (laughs) that I've been I've been busting people with. Uh, For some reason, his name would come up in Telegram. People would be like something about megachurches and Joel Olstein. And I'm like, hey, guess what? It's actually Osteen. And it's always been Osteen, even though we all remember Olstein. Yeah, it that definitely was Olstein. And I've shown what I like to do on my channel. And, it, you know, this triggers some people, but whatever. Like I said, everybody's going through this. So what I like to do is point out that everybody is indeed going through this. And I'll show when other content creators are Mandela affected and try and get them to speak on it. And I've shown everybody in these movements talking about Joel Olstein, videos on Joel Olstein. I even showed a guy that ran up to Joel Olstein with a camera in his hand, Joel Olstein himself. And he called him like a piece of dirt or whatever on camera. Made the video go viral. He called him Joel Olstein while he's next to him. The guy's name's not even Joel Olstein. You would think if you're going to go video bomb somebody, you would get that name right, right? His name's always been Joel Osteen in this reality, which is crazy. It's insane. So everybody just put this L in this guy's name for no reason. It's like the word dilemma. There's there's words in the English language that have changed. So for so many of us, the word dilemma was D-I-L-E-M-N-A, dilemma. And the N was silent. And in fact, many people remembered to pronounce it wrong so they could spell it correctly. In this reality, dilemma has never had an N in it. So it's always been a double. I I didn't even know about the dilemma dilemma. I always thought it had the N in it. There you go. I got you with another one. No N. So why why would the entire world uh, practically put a silent N in a word where it doesn't belong? All in the same place. We just decide to throw this silent N in there. Nothing's happening, right? It's wild, dude. Another one that's changed for me in many is the word cemetery. Cemetery used to be C-E-M-E-T-A-R-Y. There is no A in cemetery anymore. It's three E's, which is a pattern we see a lot. Two A, two E's and an A changing. Keenan Ivory Wayans, the producer of uh, In Living Color, he, his name was two E's and an A. Keenan, K-E-E-N-A-N. Now it's three E's, just like the cemetery change. Keenan, K-E-E-N-E-N. A lot of that going on. Of course, there's a lot of people's names that have added S's and dropped S's. Christopher Reeves is now Reeves. Sally Fields is Sally Field. Um, God, uh, but other changes that have happened. Uh, so this goes across everything. Pop culture, you know, uh, big events on the news, whether real or not. So the Rodney King trial, right? The Rodney King, he was very famous. Just, do you remember what his famous line was? It's not coming to my head right now. I'm a little young for that. Well, he's, in his interview... He used to say, can't we all just get along? Okay. Okay. Now, if you listen to it, he doesn't even say can't. He says can. Can we all get along? Can we just get along with a completely different infliction in his voice and everything? These are huge things that everybody, you know, 
I know you're a little younger, but everybody that was my age and older, everybody knew, you know, it's, it's absolutely wild. In this reality, the Lindbergh baby, which was never found in the old reality, now the Lindbergh baby was found within weeks and the guy was convicted of it. Uh, musical changes, you familiar with Nirvana? Yeah. Did you ever watch their Unplugged performance on MTV? Probably just once, so not enough to remember it, but yes. Well, for the people that watched it, it they, Kurt Cobain and they used to be surrounded by white candles all over the stage. Now, if you go watch that, which I do believe might have been his last performance, he's all surrounded by black candles on stage in that MTV performance. The video with, uh, what was the other one I wanted to say? It, it slipped my mind real quick. Another one for me, Belle Biv DeVoe was a famous rap group when I was younger. Belle Biv DeVoe, B-E-L-B-I-V. Now it's B-E-L-L. Bell spelled properly. Like, why would everybody think it was spelled Bell, B-E-L, if it was always B-E-L-L? And that's the actual English word that's used all the time. Why would people think it was spelled this weird way with one L if it never was? It's like the Chick-fil-A thing. Chick-fil-A keeps changing, but Chick-fil-A... The amount of residue for Chick-fil-A as C-H-I-C, which is what it was, C-H-I-C, it's insane. There's like this YouTube fad of people that go around and do like Chick-fil-A and Popeye's like sandwich reviews. Like it's this really big thing. It's really stupid, right? But it's like this, there's, there's so many videos on it. And it was C-H-I-C, but in this reality, it's always been C-H-I-C-K which is crazy. And that one has, has changed a few times, the fonts and everything on it. Um, yeah. There's like also the hyphen and Kit Kat, right? Is that a thing? The hyphen and Kit Kat, the hyphen and Kit Kat has never existed. Stove the stovetop stuffing. Like we talk about has never existed. Bragg's apple cider vinegar no longer has an S on it. It's just Bragg. Macintosh. Apple. Really? I feel like I had Bragg's with the S like as recent as a year or two ago. Do you know uh do you know Beth Martins? Yeah, yeah, she's a good friend. So Beth had me on for a Mandela Effect interview like two years ago, and uh, I brought up the brag to her and, and and live on the air, and she went and she went and checked her fridge, you know, and and her because she knew it was Bragg's as well with an S. No more. How about this one? This is nature now. This isn't even brands. Macintosh apples, the actual fruit, they've never existed. They're Macintosh apples now. Not Macintosh, Macintosh apples. That is crazy to me. Also, one that I'd noticed because the Disney movie had changed, and there's tons of changes in Disney movies, 101 Dalmatians. Dalmatian used to be spelled D-A-L-M-A-T-I-O-N-S. Now it's T-I-A-N-S. And look what I have here. About two months ago, I was in a restaurant. That sold, uh, let me shut my uh, virtual camera off. Hang on a second. So I was in a restaurant that sold books and puzzles, and this was right there waiting for me. Look what it says, Dalmatian with an I-O-N. That's how Dalmatian was spelled. The actual breed of the dog is spelled different now, and it's spelled with an A instead of an O. Yet in one of my videos, I showed tons of dog breeders that don't know how to spell Dalmatian apparently because they think this is how you spell it. But this is what's how you spell it. But it's changed. Skechers shoes, Skechers, no longer has a T in it. Converse All-Stars, they now have the logo 
on the inner angle rather than the outer angle, like where you can't even see it. Makes no sense. Little tykes, they make like kid stuff. T Y K E S. Never been T Y K E S now. Always T I K E S. It's crazy, dude. It goes on and on. John Deere used to be John Deere, D E E R. Now it's D E D E E R E, the triple E again. We see it. The word. All right. So people talk about Oscar Meyer changing because it used to be Meyer, M E Y E R. Now it's Mayer, M A Y E R. Also, the word Wiener has changed. Wiener used to be W E I N E R. The I and the E have flipped. Wiener now looks like Weiner. Google it. Wiener. I wouldn't have spelled it that way. Weird. It's crazy. It, go, it goes on. Major. Uh, this is one people can check in their own driveways. Logos on automobile companies have been Mandela affected. And again, I know that companies and logos and brands can change names. If I'm calling one of these a Mandela effect and you think it's BS because you think the company just changed that logo. Go to Logopedia or any of the other resources that we know exist because we do research. Look it up and show us where we're wrong. The Kia logo. Anybody listening that might own a Kia, I don't care how old it is in your driveway. If you look at the emblem on it, it will not say Kia with an A. It's going to have a lambda, which is like the Greek letter L, which is something we see, which is very interesting with the Mandela effect. These Greek letter lambdas keep popping up everywhere. And when we get into the second half of the show, we'll make a little correlation on that into some other things because this all ties in to the PSYOP that's going on right now. Um, but if you look at your Kia car. There's a lot yeah. of the language changes have to do with E's and L's. L's, E-L's. Hmm. E's, L's. Oh, there's more with L's too. We'll get to them. I'm glad you reminded me. Mark Hamill from Star Wars used to be H-A-M-I-L. Now he's H-A-M-I-double-L. Sybil Shepard used to be Sybil with one L. She's now a double L. We talked about Joel Olstein. He lost the L, right? We'll keep going. There's, there's going to be more that I'm, they're going to come to my mind. But the Ford logo is another Mandela effect. If you look at the Ford logo, the F, the crossbar on the F, now has this curly Q thing on it. Ford's an old company. So if you have a 1950 Ford truck out in your driveway, go out and look at it. There's going to be a curly Q on the F. And what's interesting about this, you want to talk about residue? Yeah, I just Googled the Ford thing. That does not look right at all. How many times have you seen a Ford logo in your life? When you see that curly Q, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, and again, people, this isn't a reissued thing. This isn't getting a bootleg emblem. Go out and look at your own car. Do the investigation. Pull these things off your shelf that I'm talking about. Go dust off that globe that's in the basement and take a look at the geography. When we get to the Bible changes, open the actual book in your house rather than just telling me that translations are different than each other. I understand that. I'm very well versed on that. So the Ford logo was based off Henry Ford's signature. I can show you Henry Ford's signature without that curly thing on the F. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Man, these are just mind blowing, dude. Uh, so we got about five minutes left in the first hour. I mean, we don't have to rush through that, but I want to make yeah. sure that you get a chance to talk about your channels and the work you're doing outside of just Mandela effect research and, you know, what people can expect, how they can support you and uh, what may be coming up for you in the future. So maybe we get into that and then we can kind of sure. tease some of the topics for hour two where there are more Mandela effects to get to. In particular, the anatomy ones are very fascinating. 
And then I, de- I for sure want to spend a lot of time talking about the, the whys and the hows and the spiritual ramifications of all this and a framing of a perspective that takes the power and puts it back in ourselves and out of any particular specific boogeyman that some people will put the Mandela effect on and say like, look what they are doing. They, 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 when really it's just evidence of reality being maybe more spiritual than physical, but go ahead. And uh, yeah, let's talk about your, your expanded work. Sure. I'll talk about the expanded work and I'll just say a couple things about the Mandela effect first to close out the first hour. I will say, and I'm glad you just brought it up right there. Uh, and we'll discuss theories a little bit later, but don't be scared of this. There's nothing to be scared of. Take it from me or other people that have been in this community while I know there's some people that take great offense to things like Bible changes and whatnot. But really, as far as anything bad happening to anybody, airplanes falling out of the sky because the engines moved or any of this stuff, none of that's happened. OK, it doesn't need to be scary. OK, reality is changing. It's time to accept it. And incorporate that into whatever your mean your research is, whatever you're into, because it affects you in many ways. But we're going to get deeper into that to tell people what I'm up to. Um, basically, uh, YouTube sucks for me. So I started really building up my Rockfin about a year ago, but I do multi-stream just about everything. Um, Rockfin, and I'll, I'll hit some of the other platforms for the people that are on there, like Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, uh, maybe Rumble. Um, but if you're more interested in this topic, uh, the best thing you could do uh, for, for my research, go to my channel, whether it's uh, my YouTube channel or my Rockfin or my Odyssey. I have 1,500 videos archived on Odyssey. So if you don't catch the live streams on Rockfin, head to Odyssey. I have a Mandela Effect shortlist. It's got over 100 videos on it. And each one is something that I consider to be a legit and really large Mandela Effect. Like some of the ones we've talked about today, I have a video on just about all of those, an individual video for each where I break it down. I show the residue. I give my perspective and I keep the video, you know, 15 to 30 minutes or whatever. It's not like a three hour live stream. Uh, On top of that, I have a playlist of Mandela Effect interviews. Uh, Interviews like this will be on there. You want to check some of those out. Um, What else I have going, though? I, I always talk about. Uh, some other topics, which maybe we'll talk about after as far as fabricated fear events and things like this. It's something I've been very passionate about for 12 years to get people to not live in fear. So uh, that's the type of stuff I talk about on my live streams. A lot. I talk about that. I talk about the Mandela effect. Uh, I take open phone calls all the time. So if you are affected by this, don't be afraid. Just come over to the chat, hang out. There'll be a lot of people there. And you'll find out that they're very open-minded people. And maybe you'll pick up that phone call and call in and, uh, Talk about your experience at some point. If anybody wants to find me, the easiest way, Brian S. Stavely. I know you said Dose of Reality earlier. That's the name of my show, but that won't work good for a search. So search Brian S. Stavely, any platform, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Rockfin, YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, you know, Brian S. Stavely. And um, for further specific links, emails and everything, doseofrealityshow.com. Doseofrealityshow.com. Just go to the My Links page and that will bring you uh, everywhere we need to go. Yeah, man, you've been at it for a long time and you've got so much out there. Really looking forward to jumping into the second hour. And we will do some more specific Mandela effect recaps, but I hope to spend more time really getting into the theory and the, the deep thoughts about this because. In other interviews and in your own channel, you do such a good job encyclopedically listing off and explaining 
the, the residue and the inconsistencies in people's memory to reality and all that's out there. And I hope people do check it out if they want more and want to just explore the vast, the vast amount of Mandela effects there are. And as we go, I'm sure we will have to cover off some more as evidence for particular things we're talking about, but very interested in getting into the subjects of like the alconomics idea. I want to present that to you and see if you've ever had any similar thoughts or if your research seems to support that. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe discuss some of the Bible revisions or supposed Bible revisions. You're right that that does trigger some people. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I've seen pretty good arguments that those are not uh, real Mandela effects. I don't know what to think. Uh, it, obviously, not everything that gets presented as one is necessarily one. There's definitely the possibility of group collective memory being wrong. But some of these are just too big to ignore. I mean, many, many of them are too big to ignore, particularly that Black Tom thing. So maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, the whole theory of CERN being related to these Mandela effects. Definitely the anatomy ME. Those are very weird. So we're going to get into all that and more in the second hour. People can find it on Rockfin and Patreon. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the free hour. And even bigger thanks to the supporters that we will see on the other side. And Brian, my man, it's been awesome chatting. Your energy is great. Love how animated you get about this and looking forward to going deeper on the other side. Awesome, man. And also when we get to the other side, so people know we're going to make some correlations between Mandela effects that tie into what's been going on for the last two years, because a lot of that stuff has been pointed out to us by reality shifts. And there's a lot of them in the other events like 9-11, thing in Connecticut, this Mandela effects in ton in JFK, like we talked about, uh, all this stuff. So it's important to touch on all of it. I'm excited to get into the theories and stuff with you. Uh, I do. I'm glad we spent a, a little bit, you know, kind of laying out some real quick because people do need that. But I'm always interested in talking theories. I have theories on what it is. I think it's a it's a very big thing. And I also would like to address the disinformation against us by the mainstream media. I think that's important for people to recognize. So cool, guys. Excited. So all that and more on the other side. Big thanks, Brian. This has been awesome. that i'm definitely more interested in mandela effect as a concept than i was before this talk brian really does an amazing job of making this information exciting accessible he definitely blew my mind with some of these that i hadn't heard of before like the jetliners changing where their jet engines are that's a weird one the color tvs in 
earlier parts of history, video calling and cars in the 50s. I'm going to have to look into some of these because I've never heard of that. So, wow, there's a lot I want to talk about in the outro. So maybe I'll try to be concise. But at the end of the day, I really love his perspective that we don't need to be on a team versus team thing in Mandela Effect research. Even if you think that Mandela Effect doesn't exist or this was a waste of an episode, maybe some of the other concepts that we talked about hopefully still resonate with you or gave you some reason to, you know, find interest in looking at reality as more spiritual than physical. Even if every Mandela Effect was found to be somehow fake or wrong, every single one, which to me, there's too many for that to be possible. (laughs) Some of these have to be a thing happening. At the end of the day, I still think that we should be looking for ways to see our reality as spiritual, as fluid, that that is not stagnant, not trapped in material physicality, right? Because fluid and flow is how source and ether work. And everything is emergent from source or ether. Thus, things should be flowing, fluid, and in flux even. Right? That's the nature of nature. Maybe history, maybe all of this is teaching us that history never existed in the first place. That we should no longer trust history as literal ever, no matter what, and begin to recognize everything is mythology. Everything is mythos. Everything is archetype. Even what we have as a narrative of what history was. Don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to stop believing or trusting your own memory of your life. But really, isn't the memory of your life still also a story? Isn't it kind of like a dream? Think about the parts of your history, your personal remembrance of life that you can fully and well remember. And how much of it can you not remember? How much of what you remember about your history and the stories that you could tell somebody about when you were a kid or whatever, how much of that is solidified in your mind because you've told that story so many times or because your mom and dad told that story to you so many times. Isn't that a lot like how a dream works? Don't you wake up in the morning and you just had the most crazy vivid dream? This happened to me just this morning. I woke up from dreams so intense. It was like I just watched a a full movie, vivid color, vivid feeling and sensation, all of it intense. Mugwort dreams. Thank you, Michelle. (laughs) Michelle from Michelle's Healing Home uh, sent me mugwort tincture that she made. And wow, does it work? Holy crap. I'd never tried it before for some reason. And right. So I woke up from these dreams. And yesterday it was the same way. Woke up from super intense dreams. Well, yesterday I immediately told, not immediately, but pretty quickly told the story of my dream to somebody. And throughout the rest of the day, I remembered the dream as far as in so much as I remembered the details of the story that I told. Didn't remember the whole dream. Some of it got away from me, but the parts that I told to somebody else is a story. I remembered that. That is not the case today. Today, I couldn't tell you what I dreamed about. Not even a single detail. That's because I didn't tell the story to anybody. I didn't write it down. I didn't record it. So... Our memory of our life, our personal life, is very similar when you think about it. Maybe not one-to-one equivalent to dreams, I guess. But do you remember what happened to you on Tuesday the 3rd 
of July 1997. I don't know if that was actually Tuesday, but you get my point. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But if you don't have a story of it already in your memory bank, then you probably don't remember what happened that day. If you didn't keep a journal, you probably don't remember. So this is part of why, you know, I'm sure dream journaling is really important. I'm not doing that yet. Although sometimes my dreams wind up in my regular journal. And it's only the first year I've really been doing this, but I think it's an awesome practice. I'm really glad that I have been. Don't get me wrong. I'm three days without writing in my journal. So I got a little bit to, uh, to fill there, but, and sometimes it's like that. <laughs> so I maybe sometimes only get to it twice a week and it would be better if I was doing it every day, probably. But the fact is, I think I'm going to have better recall of this year than previous years of my life just because I am taking note of it. I'm making notes. I'm recording it. I feel like our history is that way. Is this all making sense? Like maybe, maybe Mandela effect has something to do with this particular aspect of memory. That memory is mutable and thus maybe the past is mutable because all it ever was was a story anyway, right? Maybe what we find in the present moment, kind of like that quantum physics particle slit experiment. Is it a wave? Is it a particle? Maybe that has to do with like what we find in the ground, (laughs) buried in the ground, what we find in ancient architecture. Maybe all that is just as fluid based on what we believe we will find, what we think we know already. That's why knowledge is such a dangerous thing. Maybe that's what the tree of knowledge is really warning us about in that mythology from the Bible. That if we, what we think we know and we hold on to is really the ego's way of doing stuff. And maybe the true reality can only ever be felt through the heart and it cannot be defined and it cannot be known in an external way. It can only be felt. Maybe that's the ultimate truth. All of this is trying to lead us towards. And I think there could be something to that. Yeah. (laughs) So enough of me waxing poetic for now. I probably, I might have more to say. I don't know. I really love this talk with, with Brian Stavely though. Hope you guys check out his channel, Dose of Reality. I would love to tell you some of what we talked about in the second hour, because I think the second hour was better. I usually think that. The first hour, he does a great job just running through all of those Mandela effects that he's got in his head, and he can recite like an encyclopedia. But in the plus extension, we definitely got more into theory and got deeper. So if you want to hear the second hour, all you got to do is get on my Rockfin or my Patreon page, both of which are going to be linked in the show notes and show a little support to me for making my thing. Very little is needed to be offered in reciprocity to get access to the extension. And don't think of it as like, I got to pay five bucks to you on your Patreon to get this one show. Well, no, you get all the shows ever. And there's a lot. I think my RSS feed has like 340, 350 things on it. I think at least that much. So, you know, there's a lot there, a lot on offer and much of it is timeless. Like, I think this conversation will be interesting in in five years from now. If someone went and heard it later, hello, whoever you are in 2027, if you're hearing it now. So it's worth it, in my opinion, to check out my Patreon or my Rockfin. Rockfin costs $10 instead of five, but you get access to everything on the network, all the premium channels, all the premium creators. So Either way, whatever floats your boat, I highly recommend it. And I appreciate everyone that's already supporting. So in the plus extension this time, a little, little more than an hour, we got into the 
Nelson Mandela of the Mandela effect and why even that name is kind of psyopy theories for the why and the how of the Mandela effect. That was pretty fun. I really like Brian's take on it and the spiritual side of it. He calls it supernatural, but you know, I just call it, I would just call it spiritual. We talk about the, well, this is my theory. (laughs) I bring forward my idea that maybe all of this has to do with the corrupted externalization of the concept, the spiritual concept of the exiting of the reincarnation cycle. Maybe all this Mandela effect stuff is experimental towards the goal by the powers that should not be to end the creation, if you will, and why that would be. Then Brian got into some Mandela effects relating to the last two years of COVID. They were very interesting. Many biblical Mandela effects were discussed. Some of them actually tied to the COVID idea. We discussed the anatomy Mandela effects, like the changes in the heart, kidneys, and eyes. Those are mind-blowing, mind-blowing. You're all going to probably remember it the way I do and be like, what the? Then I talked about the money velocity and time speeding up parts of Tracy Twyman's book, Money Grows on the Tree of Knowledge. So essentially, I wove in there. You know, I've been talking about this book a lot lately because I just recently read it. Easy read, pretty quick read, highly recommend it. But the idea that the history is changing faster, that the Mandela effects are speeding up, uh, I have a possible, I have a theory that that's possibly related to the economy. And, you know, hear me talk about that in the second hour. Then we disputed the, the theory that CERN is causing the Mandela effects. And I added to the weave some of the occult aspects of CERN, what that means. And then kind of off topic, but at the very end, Brian gave us an awesome story of how he took 14 flights during the cooties pandemic, during everyone being super scared without a mask and how he did it, what his attitude was, all of that. Really cool to hear him heroically describe his heroic antics. Yeah. So while that's the plus extension, very exciting. Please come check it out. Get into the show notes for a link to that. Other ways you can support the show. You can get supplements from Clive DeCarl. That's one of the best ways to support Interverse and, you know, build up your own health at the same time. So it's a win-win. Cost you nothing extra if you use my Clive DeCarl link at the bottom of the description and get yourself some vitamin C or magnesium. I'm about to re-up on all that myself, actually. You can also hit me up for sound healing or Oracle card readings and do it soon. And you're probably hearing this somewhere in the middle of May. I'm already. I'm recording this earlier in May and I'm already fully booked for May. So if you want to get on my schedule, do it sooner than later so that you don't have to wait as long. And I hope to see a lot of you take me up on that. Go to my website under the shop tab and find the sound healing page or Oracle cards page for more information. And I'm sure if you're not brand new to the channel, you already know kind of what that's all about because I talk about it so often or on other shows as the interview guest. Now, hmm, probably about the time this is coming out, I am either about to go or I just went to the music festival outside of St. Louis that I've been talking about for a while, at least on Telegram. I've been talking about it a lot. Reconnection Festival. Really excited about going. Can't wait. And I'll definitely give you guys a recap of the events in some future outro of an episode. I guess I'll wrap up the outro from here. (laughs) I always say I don't want to go too long. And if I wrap up now, I won't have gone too long. But then once I'm sitting here, I'm like, I love you guys. I kind of want to just keep, I want to stay on the line. (laughs) Anyway, 
I'm going to play us out with, I just looked up on SoundCloud tracks called Mandela Effect, and I found one called Mandela Effect by a German DJ called Nyreich or Nyreich. It's a German word, obviously, a German DJ. I felt that that was appropriate for the fact that we are talking about so many Mandela effects that relate to Germany, right? So enjoy this track. Link to it in the show notes as well, like always. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Much love to everybody out there. And bye-bye. <laughs>